Uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much again for this opportunity for us to come together as a student body to hear what you have to say to us. I pray, Father God, that no matter what challenges or trials each of us are facing, that you're going to get us through it. And I think, Lord, as I speak today, you'll speak through me in a clear way, an anointed way, a way that destroys the yokes, Father. I count this not slack, Father God, as an opportunity. So I humble myself under your mighty hand, God, that I'm able to declare what it is that you have been bubbling in my spirit for the last few hours, Lord. And with that being said, I come against every demonic spirit, anything that may try to war against myself, against these young people from receiving the word. I counsel all plots and schemes in the name of Jesus. With that being said, God, I turn my attention back to you. And I thank you again for this opportunity, Lord. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. There's a quick video that I want to play real quickly. video but today my topic for the day is how to make hard things easy my topic for you all today is how to make hard things easy I have a few scriptures I want to read through real briefly and then I have a lot of points that I'm definitely not going to get to today but I'm definitely going to get to what I feel the Holy Spirit wants to lead me through um, but the first scripture if you want to write it down is Hebrews 12 11 Hebrews 12 11, the word of God says, for the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later it yields the peaceful, peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 27. I'll give you an opportunity to write that down. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. The word of God says, do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable one. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air. But I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. 
Last scripture that I have for you is Colossians 3, 23 to 24. Colossians 3, 23 to 24, the word of God says, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. My goal for today's topic is this. The goal of this discussion is to learn the difference, the difference between hopes and habits and to learn how to make hard things easy. The goal of this discussion is to learn the difference between hopes and habits and to learn how to make hard things easy. I'll say it one more time. The goal of our discussion today is to learn the difference between hopes and habits and to learn how to make hard things easy. Again, my title for today is How to Make Hard Things Easy. My main point is this. Discipline is the bridge between goal and accomplishment. Discipline is the bridge between goal and accomplishment. It will be your habits, not your hopes, that will determine what you will have in life. Mike Tyson said, discipline is doing what you hate to do, but doing it like you love it. I'll repeat it for those who are taking notes. I keep forgetting <laughs> different settings. The main point is this, discipline is the bridge between goals and accomplishments. It will be your habits, not your hopes, that will determine what you will have in life. Life is hard. Life is not easy. Each and every one of us are either going through a challenge, about to face a challenge, or coming out of a challenge. But we don't grow in comfort zones. We grow where we're challenged. Can I get three or four people to tell me what are some hardships or hard things that people go through? School. Why is school hard? Or what makes it? Teachers. Gotcha. Another one. We'll bypass that real quickly. We don't want no conflict. What you got, my brother? Death of a family member is another hardship. Yes, sir. Hunger is a hardship. Job is a hardship. Injuries is a hardship. A lot of hardships that you're going to face in life. Go ahead, sir. I'm sorry. Oh, I was going to say politics. Politics. There's a lot of difficult things in life, but life must be difficult. Oftentimes, we care too much about the prize than we do about the process. It is the process that determines what kind of person you will be. No matter what you face in life, you have to face it. If you turn your back to your hardship, that hardship is going to make you about face to it. Because no matter what you go through in life, it's present to make you a present, to make you a gift, to shape you, to sharpen you, to creating you a person that's able to press through. Mike Tyson said, discipline is doing what you hate to do, but doing it like you love it. In order to do what you hate like you love it, you must see above it and not shove it. In order to do what you hate like you love it, you have to look or see above it, not shove it. You can't DoorDash life. You can't Uber Eats life. You can't Amazon Prime your prime. You have to be primed for your prime. Life is not what is seen now as in regards to conveniences. This community or group of people, our world today has been so conditioned for the easy life. Because let me tell you something about God. God's processes don't change when people change. 
His processes are still the same. No matter what you face through life, God is not going to bring you around the Red Sea, above the Red Sea, under the Red Sea. He's going to bring you through it. The same God that brought you to it will be the same God to bring you through it. And when you understand that life is going to be difficult, then you will embrace the hardships of life. We was not saved to just be civilians. Many people are very comfortable at just being a Christian. They're just comfortable at just being, I'm glad I got to get out of hell free card. I'm just glad I don't have to worry about that. No, we were created, saved by the grace of God to be soldiers. No soldier engaged in warfare entangles him or herself with civilian affairs for his or her joy is to please the one that enlisted them. My class know about these three E's. Those who are engaged, my ball players understand that if you don't keep your head on a swivel, you're going to get dunked on. If you're not engaged on defense, if you're not engaged in the game, then what whoever is engaged will be able to find success. In life, oftentimes we want to run away from our problems instead of embrace our problems, but you have to engage warfare. When I am present and I'm engaging whatever it is that I'm facing, then I become the individual I need to be for the life that God wants me to live. No soldier engaged in warfare. Who remembers the story of Gideon? When Gideon brought, uh, I don't forget how many men to the water, what happened? Some of the soldiers did what? Gotcha. I'll make it plain for you. God told Gideon to bring the soldiers to the river, to the water. He said the response of the soldier would determine if that soldier is ready to be a soldier. Half the soldiers, or most of the soldiers got to the water and they bowed down into the water and began to drink the water without looking around to see if there's enemies around. The other group of soldiers came to the water and dipped their hands in the water, brought the water to themselves while keeping their head on a swivel because they always know if I, don't ha- if I don't get ready, if I don't stay ready, How's this quote go? Just stay ready. (laughs) What that principle is trying to apply or imply is this. Sometimes in life we get so consumed with refreshment that we worship the thing that's supposed to only be refreshing us for a moment. They bowed their whole face in the water, not consumed, not uh, focused on the potential warfare there. But those who say, you know what, I will refresh myself, but I will keep watch over myself. Let me tell you something right now. The enemy knows that when you go through the toughest times of your life, you are the most vulnerable. If you can't endure hardship right now, how will you endure the hard things in life later? School is difficult for a reason. Trials are difficult for a reason. The Bible says count all joy when you go through various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces what? Patience. And when patience had its full effect, all my gamers know, I think gamings do, do this. Y'all games load so fast now. But there's a warning sign on a computer. There's a warning sign on your game and it says, do not cut this device off while what? While it's downloading. Why? What happens if I cut the device off, close it, cut it off, whatever, if the thing is still loading? What could possibly happen? You mess up everything. Don't try to cut your life out of your life when you're still loading. The process is putting particular principles in you to make you the person that you need to be. That's why you just can't hope. The Bible says hope deferred makes the what? Heart sick. The devil always moved the goalposts. 
If your hope is money, he'll move that goalpost 50 yards out. If your hope is relationship, he'll move it 25 yards out. And when you get to that goalpost, then it moves. Then what happens to your heart? You get sick. You can't just live life off of hope. I hope I get rich. I hope I get a wife. I hope I get a husband. I hope I get money. I hope I get opportunity. I forgot what crowd I'm in. I hope that I get whatever, an A in class. It is not your hopes that will determine if you will excel. It's your habits. Here's my problem. Many young people, it's a long one, so just, just bear with me. Many young people are unaware of all the things that come with what they desire to do or who they desire to become. Their false expectations and their lack of sense of a, their lack of self-awareness are causing them not to be or not to prepare at the level they need to. Many are sick today because their great hopes haven't turned into great habits. You can't just have great hopes. You have to match that or mirror that with great habits. Our King's Creed is this. This is something that you should say boldly every day. It says, I decide to what? I walk in what? I am. I am. I am. I am. I live a what? I choose to what? I walk in what? I what? Three I want to focus on today. I walk in excellence. Who can guess the next one? I got you to worry about it. I am diligent. And I live a disciplined life. I walk in excellence. I am diligent. Man, 14 minutes. I live a disciplined life. Excellence by definition is the quality of being outstanding or extremely good. Very good of its kind. Noticeably good. Excellence is the quality of being outstanding or exceptionally or extremely good. It means to be very good of its kind. It means to be noticeably good. They don't pay a lot of money for mediocre. They don't pay a lot of money for average. They pay. They engage with those who live at an excellent level. Excellence is not something that you can just fake. You have to be it. Diligent by definition is the constant is being constant in effort to accomplish something. It means to be attentive and persistent in doing anything. Diligent means I'm going to get this done. Let me tell you about myself that I learned when I was a little bit older than you all. When you're young people, you're tempted to be lazy. When you're young, you're tempted to be entitled. When you're young, you're tempted to believe that things will be handed to you. Then one day, I was in my mother's living room. I just came back from Oral Roberts University, and that was the last day my feet ever touched Tulsa soil. My stuff that was in storage 10, 11 years ago that was given away. At before that day came, your boy was the man. The boy had bust over 100 different kids. We had this concert. Uh, we was able to bust 100 kids. We brought rappers. We brought mimers. We brought all these people. Um, Daystar wanted to get me. Big churches wanted to get me. I'm good friends with Bill Winston's son, David Winston. Good friends with Benny Hinn's daughter. I went to school with all these people. Y'all don't mean I know, but I was friends with them. 
And then when that day came where I couldn't go back to Tulsa, I was upset with God, mad at God. You took me away from the very thing that I thought I would have my identity in that would determine who I would be in life. Then all of a sudden, I'm back in my mother's living room. I'm crying, asking God, will I ever be that guy? And then all of a sudden, people messaging me, Facebook, talking about, are you coming back, Josh? And to this day, I haven't been back. And one thing that I learned about it was I don't want to be a person that tastes a moment but not be the person for the moments. You can't be so consumed with having a moment, a moment of success. You got to say, am I the man that can sustain moments? I just can't have a good moment with my wife. I got to have moments. I got to make sure that I'm present. And then God stripped me from my idol. Let me tell you something about idolatry. No greater pain would a person feel than being stripped from their eye. You can be shot, you can be slapped, you can be hurt, but none of those pains will come close than God removing you from your idol. Because God said, I can't work through a heart that's tainted. I got to work through a heart that's willing to be excellent. God's name is on the line. I told my class yesterday, I said, I'm sorry, Bible class is not as fun as you thought it was, but I'm going to be held accountable for what I preach to you. I refuse to die now and go face God. And God said, you sugarcoated my word in front of these ninth graders. I don't care if they don't pay attention. I know the seed is planted, but I don't have time. I don't have, I have this sense of urgency. I can't just mess with God's word. I just can't mess with God's daughter in, in regards to my wife. I can't mess with that. Because if I mess with her, my prayers be unhindered. My prayers will be hindered. Life is about excellence. Life is about endeavoring. Let me tell you something about life also. The highest level of your goal will determine the level of your grind. I talked to my students yesterday. I say, or oh, was it two days ago? Well, let me ask you this. What are some great accomplishments that people achieve in sports, in music, in movies? What are some great trophies and accomplishments? Hmm? MVP trophy? The Grammys, the Oscars. What else? What are some other? Championships, state championships. National championships, Oscars, Emmys, Grammys, all these are great accolades and titles. But you know what my trophy will be? The greatest trophy that I'm going after is not a championship on this earth. It's to hear these two words, well done. Your eternal goal will determine your earthly grind. I can care less about a trophy. I can care less about a church. I can care less about whatever it may be an ambitious thing for me to acquire. My focus is... It's to make sure I hear my heavenly father say, well done, my good and faithful servant. That's what you got to grind for. Work hard into the Lord saying, God, all I care about in this life is to make sure that I'm doing well by you. God's omnipresence is not to tally your sins. God's omnipresence to help you win in every moment. So God said, man, tap into me like y'all be tapping into Siri. Tap into me like you be tapping into, I don't think I'll do Echo with an Amazon Echo. Either way, he says, Alexa, he says, I'm greater than Siri. I'm greater than Alexa. I'm here for you. But you have to have a mindset that says, you know what, God, I'm going to be persistent. I'm going to be diligent to live a life of excellence for your excellency. Discipline by definition, now I'm not even going to get through all this, I'm 19 minutes in. Discipline by definition is training to act in accordance with rules, an activity or exercise or regimen that develops or improves a skill. Just remember these definitions, I'm going to keep going for time's sake. Habits. Habits are little bits of happenings. H-A-B-I-T-S, H-A-B-I-T-S. Habits are little bits 
of happenings. Do big foxes spoil the vine? Little foxes do. How do little foxes spoil the vine? Or what is the, what is the value of a vine? What is the value of a vine? Big foxes, I'll, I'll help you real quick. Big foxes chew the fruit. Small foxes chew the vine. What's the source of the fruit? The vine. If you're not tapped into the vine, your vine will be bitten. The divine. I got to make sure that I abide in him. That God, I'm with you. I'm going to make sure they're my habits. The little things that I do, the little things that I endeavor to do in life, I'm going to make sure they happen for your glory. Let's keep going for time. Say, so you are only as strong as your weakest habit. You are only as strong as your weakest habit. Contrary to part belief, everyone is disciplined as something. The question is not, is everyone disciplined, but what caliber or quality of discipline? Some of y'all can play games. Y'all are amazing at games. Amazing at sports. But you are only as strong as your weakest habit. What is that one thing in your life that's biting at the source of your potential? That little habit, that thing that you do when nobody else sees. The, the, the tendency that, that you have in life. Man, for time's sake. Four things that young people face that's hard. H-A-R-D. I'm going to give you some points and I'm going to get out your way. Wor- number one, H, worrying about what will happen. is one thing that the young people face that's hard. Some of y'all are concerned or worried about what college you're going to go to. Some of y'all, y'all saw the vision of God. Some of y'all saw what God has showed you, and right now you're faced with a challenge. Some people are right now, we have uh, uh, people who are, who are faced with bodily stuff or mental stuff, emotional stuff, and you're like, I can't even see if this happens again. The person with the right mindset, the person that can see above, whatever they hate, will know that the process, no matter how difficult it is, will help you. I'll tell you one thing. I grew up in a single-parent home. And most people will say that you being with your mom by yourself is the worst type of home to be in. I know a lot of families right now that got both parents that is more dysfunctional than my home ever was. Let me tell you, it don't matter what your home looks like. I don't care if you with grandma, auntie, it don't matter who you with. If God's in it, you will be whatever he wants you to be. So don't consume yourself of, well, will it happen because of what had happened? I don't know if it will ever happen. Who cares what happened? Make something happen from what happened. Life is about looking at your circumstances differently. Life is about changing your perspective and seeing the good, being optimistic. I don't care if your daddy there or not there, mama there or not there. I don't care if you never met any of your siblings. I don't care what it is that you face. Face it with tenacity. Face it with the help of the Holy Ghost. Because if you make excuses now, you will excuse yourself out of your own purpose. You can't make excuses. That's why I say right now, I, I have no choice to make, I, I have no option to make excuses. I can't make an excuse. I can't. I have to execute. I have to say, you know what, God, I'm going to shape myself, sharpen myself however I can to make whatever you want happen in my life. H, what four hard things that young people face worrying about if such and such or such and such will happen. Another hardship that young people face, A, overcoming the effects of abuse and abandonment. I put academics there for some of y'all. Say it again. Number one. 
Number two, yeah, A, overcoming the effects of abuse or abandonment. It's another hardship that young people face. Abuse, by definition, is being abnormally used. And the devil knows that if I can abnormally have you abnormally used young, then you will have yourself abnormally used as an adult. Because most young people don't even know their value because their value is based upon what injured them. R, real quick for time's sake, four things, hard things that young people face are navigating, nurturing, and engaging new or old relationships. I'll get you these notes after y'all take y'all's quiz. I'll make sure your teachers have it. Navigating, nurturing, or, navi- or engaging new or old relationships. Let me tell you something, man. Being in a relationship prematurely, being in a friendship prematurely, or being engaged with people that ain't on the same level as you causes unnecessary issues. Sometimes your problems alone are smaller than your problems if you connect yourself with the wrong person. Let me tell you, it's okay to be alone. It's okay not to have a boyfriend. Okay not to have a girlfriend. It's okay to be by yourself. I get more stuff done by myself than being consumed. Right now, people want to be couple friends with me and my wife. I said, are we on the same page? I can't be friends with you if you ain't going where we going. We're a different caliber of couple. Let me tell you something about what we're doing. We're after something greater than just sitting around talking about my homes. I can't talk about my homes when I'm trying to get my home right, to make sure my home is stable, to make sure my home is ready for all these kids, these edges I want to bring in them. I don't got time to talk about Brady if he's going to retire. I don't got time to talk about anything else but what he has called me to do because the Bible says uh, make the best use of the time because the days are evil. Look carefully then how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the best use of the time because these days are evil. The two greatest friends you will ever have in life. Before you select a friend, make sure you're best friends with these two people. God and yourself. Because when friends leave you, you're still in good company. D, four hard things young people face. Parental. And societal demands. Parental and societal demands are certain hardships that young people face. Can you say that again? Yeah. H, worrying about what something, wondering if something will happen. A, overcoming the effects of abuse or abandonment. R, navigating, nurturing, and engaging new or old relationships. D, parental and societal demands. All right. Here's four. I'm just going to give you some points. Just just vibe with me real quick. The four do's of life. The four do's of life. Let me tell you something about. Like I said before. Well, I'll go through these. Number one, divine observance. Divine observance. Two, desired outcomes. Three, discipline outputs. And number four, destiny obtained. Then my last 12 minutes will be on these last points. Divine observance. When I observe the divine, when I delight in him, when he becomes my everything, when I develop my relationship, when I observe him, when I get to know him, then he'll determine my, he will determine my desired outcomes. I talked to the 16, 18 year old class on one Sunday and we talked about goals and we talked about how it's not good not to have a goal. 
a desired outcome. My question to you is, what do you desire to be the outcome of your life? And does your life right now match what you desire the outcome to be? Number three, discipline outputs, meaning when I observe the divine and my outcomes have a desire, then I would know what to do with my disciplines. And then when I do those three things, my destiny obtained. Now, real quickly, I probably should have got here earlier, but I have, they said 40 minutes, so I have 12 minutes. Ten ways to make hard things easy, and I'm done. Ten ways. Ten ways to make hard things easy. Who's all going through something hard right now? Me. Yeah, yeah. Here's ten ways to make hard things easy. Let me say this first. Every hard thing someone made easy. Every hard thing, difficult thing, trying thing, someone made it easy. Number one, ten ways to make hard things easy. You must know that you are significant. Number one, you must know that you are significant. I love that word significant because your significance can't be anything other than God. One thing I love about my mom and my dad, with a brief when my dad was at least around when I was younger, the one thing he told me, the one thing my mom told me when I was young, and that's why I have this, this mindset that I could do whatever I want to do in life. My mom said, you're not called, son, you chose. My mom told me that when she was, uh, when I was about to be born, my dad was going to give me some long Nigerian name. <laughs> I, he got two names. He got Ijike and he got Eze. He got those two. But my mom, who wasn't in church at the time, who was just living her best life, she was saying, angel or someone came in the room and said, no, call this man Joshua for he'll be a great leader. Later on, as I got older, when I was four years old, my mom said I looked at her. She stopped smoking that day when church that Sunday gave her life to Christ. I've been preaching. I've been talking from the word since I was six, seven years old. My dad told me something I'll never forget. He said, son, do you know what your last name means? He said, your last name means king. You a chief in Nigeria. But I still had high water pants on. <laughs> and a pink book bag. <laughs> yeah, a pink book bag. And I ain't had no trapper keeper. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Y'all know about no trapper keepers, but I wish I had a trapper keeper. But I knew that it didn't matter what I looked like as long as there was a king on the inside. So every time someone called me Mr. Ez, they said Mr. King. <laughs> every school I went to, they never called me Joshua. They called me Ez. Even the people that talked about me called me Ez, and I chuckled on the inside. You still calling me king, though. Kingship is a mindset. You got to know that you're significant. Your value can't come from your money. Your value can't come from your family. Your value can't come from anything because everything can fluctuate. But God, God said, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. My roots are in him. I know that he'll never change. I know for a fact that it don't matter who leaves, I'm still in good company. Because all of y'all versus me and God, y'all all lose. You got to know that you're significant, that you're worth something. I don't care how dysfunctional your home is. You're worth something. You're so valuable to God that God gave his life for you. You got to know that you're significant if you're going to go through hard things. Because your significance will say, you know what? I'm worth something. God's still with me. And if he's Emmanuel, God with me, I can go through anything because I'm significant. I don't care if your mom cussed you out this morning. I don't care if your dad didn't say a word to you your whole life. God said, talk to me. I'm here now because you're significant to me. 
That's what shaped my whole perspective. I don't care what anyone got to say. I know my way is in the one that made a way for me. And that's Jesus Christ himself. And if you don't understand that, that your significance is way more valuable than anything on this earth. You won't do anything on this earth. Let me tell you something about significance, man. Some of y'all putting yourself on clearance rack when y'all meant to be on showroom floors. Some of y'all putting yourself in positions with people don't know. Why would you put your, I told, I don't know who I told, I think it was Harmony, somebody I told. I said, why would you give, if you had a brand, what's your favorite car? Oh, you what's your favorite car? Me? I said a Ford F-150. If you would have gave your Ford, you would not give your Ford F-150. No to offense Levi. to Levi. Because no. Levi's not ready to what? Drive. So why are you giving people the keys to your life and they're not even able to drive? You putting people in the driver's seat of your life and you wonder why your car keeps coming back with dents. Totaled. Emotionally messed up because you let the wrong person drive. Ten ways to make hard things. Number two, you must be okay with being different. In order to, be, in order to make a difference, you have to be different. You can't be like the world to change the world. You have to be okay with being different. Mr. Ezzy's different. Ain't another copy like me, ain't another person like me. That's so sad that we rather be copies when we're created to be originals. Copies, listen, let me tell you something about a fake $100 bill. It can't buy you nothing. You know what's worth more than a fake $100 bill? A real $1 bill. A real $1 bill is worth more than a fake $100 bill. So you have to be okay to be different. Because if you try to be like someone else, their path is not, was not tailored to you. I have to be different because, God, let me tell you something. Could it be that the things that are looking for you can't find you because you're following somebody else? Could it be that the very things that you're looking for can't find you because you're behind somebody else? If you find your difference, you'll make a difference. Number three, you must be observant and must change your environment. Ten ways to make hard things, you got to be observant. The greatest classroom in life is not the classroom of experience. It's a classroom of observation. The Bible says the first shall be last and last shall be first. You know what that means? The first end up last because they got there first. They rushed to it. They were impatient. They got there first. But they didn't have all the training that they need to be able to stay there for a long period of time. The last become first because they seen what the first people did and didn't do. Made the changes. That's why the last, last. It's okay to be last. Let everybody date right now. It's okay. Let everybody do what they do right now. I know you want to boo. I know you want to. No, not y'all. Well, maybe y'all. I know y'all want a relationship. I know y'all want certain things in life. Let them enjoy their life because you know what they're doing. They're wasting it. No man, no boy, no girl right now can do anything for you. You know more about his Instagram profile. You know more about her than you even know the word of God for yourself. You got to get to a place where you say, I can care less comparing myself with them. Let me tell you something I tell all the people all the time. Right now, the separation is being made. 20 years from now, you're going to look on somebody else's social media page and see where their life is. You're going to be looking at the very person talking about you right now. Those will be the ones asking for a job. Those who have fun now never develop the fundamentals to have fun later. Life is about having fun later. Who cares about what's funny now? You know what's funny? Not having fun with the thing that God wants you to get done with. Let me tell you something. Right now, I can go to people's page right now and see and laugh. 
Please forgive me, I'm petty too. And laugh and be like, all them jokes y'all said about me, look at your life a joke. Because your boy nine books in, four card games in, 56,000 subscribers on YouTube, money, 14 revenue streams in my life right now, my wife happy. It don't matter who talked about me then. It's the one who got something to say last. That's why who, care, who cares about what these people doing? They boyfriend cheating on them right now. Their girlfriend texting somebody else right now. And you sitting there looking at your own phone, hoping to get something from a person who got nothing for you. You got to focus on what's most important. Number four. You must become intelligent. You must become intelligent and have a renewed mindset. Four minutes and I got to go. I got to honor the time. You must become intelligent and have a renewed mindset. If you want to make hard things easy, become intelligent with the thing that you want to have in life. Yes, sir. If you want to, what I say, coach? Oh, number four. You must become intelligent and have a renewed mindset. Intelligence. Nobody goes to a poor man to ask how to get rich. Nobody does. Nobody parks their car by the bum on the road. No offense to them. Nobody parks their car and be like, hey, sir, come here. Tell me a little bit more about how to be successful in life. <laughs> Nobody does that. You are, you become, they, you, they say, if you show me your friends, show me your what? Your future. Yeah. Let me tell you something about the mind. And I don't even have time to do this. But the mindset is this. Everybody has a cell phone, right? And everybody has a settings app on their phone. Not an app, but they have a settings you set things based upon the performance that you want to have with that device, right? Your mind is like the settings on a phone. You got to be able to say, I'm going to set my settings to where they need to be so that I can have a particular performance. Everyone gets so caught up on the applications on their phone, but don't have no apps on their heart. Your phone can't save you in difficulty. No matter what apps you have, all of us got apps to help us through life. But some of us ain't even downloaded no application in our own heart. How can you apply the word of God if you don't know the word of God if it's not hidden in your heart? You got to become intelligent. You got to say, what, what made Daniel different? What made Joseph different? They had a supernatural intelligence. I ain't the smartest person. I'm a junior still at O.R. Roberts University. I ain't graduated college. Who cares? No offense. Oh, maybe maybe I shouldn't go that path. But what I'm saying is intelligence is not based upon what you get from a book. Intelligence is based upon what you get from the book. Intelligence is based upon, let me go into the field that I feel called to and find out what I need to do. Everybody's over 12 years old in here, right? 11. So almost 12. Let me tell you something about 12. You have no excuse. Jesus was about his father's business at 12. 12. 12. And if you don't know your purpose right now, if you don't know why God put you, you've been distracted for most of your life. Before you lay another brick on your life, before you even look at a college, before you even look at a school, before you look at anyone, ask God this. What did you send me here to do? And then God said, this is the path I want you to walk in. Be intelligent with it. Last, not last, but next one. You must determine what is and what isn't important if you want to make hard things easy. Because we make things harder for ourselves when our priority list is out of order. You got to know what's important. You can't go by how you feel. 
I feel like playing the game. I feel like being on this or that. I feel like you got to say, okay, what must I do now? Because some of us got God not even in our top ten. God's not even number five on our list. We ain't talked, some of us ain't talked to God in days. And we wonder why days are the way they are. Next point, you must know that God's grace is sufficient. That when you're going through this tough time, you can't ask God to remove the very thing, the surgery tool that he's doing surgery with. Or he's surgery, yeah. And what I mean by that is, we're asking God, if I was just in a better home, maybe I would be different. Maybe if I had different parents, I would be different. You can't ask God to remove the very thing that he's doing surgery with. Because if life was easy, you won't be able to go through anything. Next, you must be patient. If you can master patience, you can master anything. One thing God has taught me in these last few years and that I feel he has helped me to be is that's patient. Can I wait for the vision to come? God can care less about your ability to wait. He cares about your attitude while waiting. Your attitude while waiting for something proves if you have enough patience for it. Because many people are waiting. They go to buildaboo.com or buildalife.com and they say, God, can you build this for me? And then God brings tools to you. He says, you ask me to build them and I will build them. But you have to let me build you to match it. Let me tell you something I told. I think this past Sunday, I said, man, stop praying for things that you don't match. Stop praying for things you don't match. Instead, prepare for the thing that you want to match to. People waste their time. God, I'm believing for this. And God saying, are you it? You have to be it before you be it. When a, a, a Coach Mel, everybody who's a husband in here knows. Women are always ready. They're ready for most women. They, they, they've been ready for marriage since they were six years old. Six, they had their colors picked out. Six, they had their bridesmaids picked out. It was dolls at the time, but then anyway. But when a man is on that stage, the reason why we cry, because it just hit us. Not only is she beautiful, but it hit us that this is about to be different. This is about to be something. And I tell people all the time, I say, Josh, will you ever be ready for a thing? I said, you don't know what's going to come because a month after we got married, we had to move out of our townhouse. My wife just put the Christmas stuff up. She was happy. We just got married. She got the Christmas tree up. She got all the arrangements up. She got everything. And I get a a letter in the mail saying either y'all buy this townhome or you got to move. You don't know what's going to hit you no matter what stage life. The goal is not to be ready. The goal is to be steady. Steady in God, settled in God. He'll be the one that says, you know what? It is through me. When you find yourself weak, he said, then that's when I'm strong. It's okay to be weak. It's okay to say, God, listen, man, I need your help. Next point, you must be diligent with an effective regimen. You can't make hard things easy without habits, without a regimen. Look for someone that's doing what you want to do in life and ask them how they did what they're doing or how they're doing what they're doing. Two points and I got to go. Last one, last one. You must create and celebrate your accomplishments. That's my last one. 
That's not ten? That's seven? That's nine? That's nine, seven. Number one, number one. You number one, I'm done. Number one, you must know. <coughs> now, no COVID, no COVID, no COVID. You must know that you are significant. Number one. <coughs> Excuse me. You must know. I'm about to go through them all again. Number one, real quickly, you must know that you are significant. Number two, you must be okay with being different. Number three, you must be observant. Number five, you must become intelligent. Number six, you must determine what is and what isn't important. One, two, three, four. You must become intelligent and have a renewed mind. So that goes together. I'm sorry. You must determine what is and what isn't important. You must know that God's grace is sufficient. You must be patient. You must be diligent. Oh, you must be efficient. I'm sorry. Efficient. Let me tell you something about efficiency and then the last two points. That's the one I forgot. That's number nine. Number 10 is you must create and celebrate your accomplishments. Number nine, you have to be efficient. Is Steph Curry 100% from three? What's his percentage? 43. The goal in life is not to be perfect. It's to have a high percentage. Efficiency means I can do this so much that everyone else, even though it's not 100, can't come close. It's important to be efficient at what you do. Right now, I can write a book in a month. I just wrote my ninth book in two weeks. That's efficiency. Created a card game in one day. That's efficiency. I've been writing books so long, I can create a book every month if I want to. It's not about, because I got a full wife, full job, full ministry. But I don't watch LeBron. I don't watch KD. I don't watch Kyrie. Why am I going to watch somebody else make their own million when I haven't made my first? I don't got time to waste my time watching somebody making money off their purpose. I got to be about my father's business. So it don't matter if I be at the two in the morning writing this book. I know the ninth was coming out in February on Valentine's Day. The tenth was coming out this fall. The eleventh was coming out. I got I got fifty books already written out because I refuse to die with one book in me. I want to live full but die empty. Dying empty means that God emptied out of me everything that he placed in me. Inside of you is the purpose that God has for you. And, don't, and the issue is we waste our time with the wrong things that can't even pull that purpose out. What is inside you right now? What could you be practicing on right now that's going to really make heaven rejoice? That's going to really change people's lives right now. 2,000 videos on YouTube is touching people right now. 25,000 people watch my channel a month. Efficiency. Emptying myself out. Next video, next video, next video. Because I know all it takes is one. And that's why I'm telling you, don't waste your life over someone else and not being the one God created you to be. And last but not least, you must create and celebrate your accomplishments in order to make hard things easy. Let me tell you something I'm done. I said that 15 times. Have you ever tasted the fruits of a finished accomplishment? God can't do nothing with something half done. He didn't say half done, my good and faithful servant. <laughs> Partially done, my good and faithful. He says well done. Can I make a money? Can I make money off a book not written? Can't. I can make money off books that's finished, card games that's finished, YouTube videos that's finished. 
the more you do a thing, the more you finish a thing, the more you eat the fruits of that thing. No matter how hard it gets in life, you can press through because, you know, I got to finish this. And the one thing about this Christian life. It says those that endure to the end shall be saved. Life is much more than now. Your hardship right now, when you make your hard life or whatever you're going through that's hard, you make it easy. You help somebody else through. Life is not about me. I got to go through these tough times so that when I stand in front of all these people, I can say you can make it too. If I if I don't make it. How can I help someone else make it through something? Your very story right now, let me tell you something about abandonment. I can't help people with being gay. I can't help people. I can't help people with, I can help people. You hear what I'm saying? I can't help people what I've never went through. I can't help someone. I can't help someone out of whatever women go through because I'm not a woman. I can give advice, but people don't go to people that got advice. They go to people who've been through the vices. Who's been through tough times. And if you don't finish and go through this hard time, how can you help somebody else through this? Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this time. I pray this word hit on the ground. I know I was all over the place, God. But I pray this word hit everyone in some degree, in some way. Lord, but you said, man, and you say often that without your spirit, we can't endure anything. We'll just be going through cycles. We'll just be going through multiple things without you. It is only, it's not by might nor by power, but by your spirit that we're able to endure anything. And so if you're in this room right now, you're empty of God's spirit and you know you're not saved. And you know right now you don't have the spirit of God in you to help you endure any hardship that you're facing. Raise your hand now. If you're a person that says, you know what, I'm not really tapped into the spirit like I need to. I'm not really invested in engaging. I'm like a cell phone that hasn't been charged. I'm like a person that hasn't been connected. If that's you and you need to be reinvigorated on the inside, raise your hand. Thank y'all for your hands. You can put them down. If, oh, raise your hand. Can someone t- get those names for me? Okay. Last but not least, man, the Bible says, uh, build yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Having the Holy Spirit. It, when I'm in my tough times, I pray in tongues. I, when I have nothing to say in English, I pray in tongues. Because the Spirit of God knows. And if you want to learn more about having the Holy Spirit of, in the fullness and helping you speak in other tongues, raise your hand. Okay. All right. Um, you can lift your heads. That's my time. Thank you all. Amen. Amen.